You don't think people think you're a curmudgeon? I think one person thinks you're a curmudgeon. Oh, and that would be me. <laughs> yes. So you think only I I think that is unique to your opinion. Well, I uh, beg to differ, my, my fine husband. Hey, Christina. Hey, Jay. And uh, hello, everyone. This is Three Things Podcast. Yes, hello. How it's are you today? February. How am I? I'm doing great. Getting, uh, having a nice Saturday. Um, trying to relax, right? And this is always somewhat relaxing, just talking with you. Yeah. I like being with you. Yeah, You're my it. favorite person, Jay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, we picked that up in our earlier conversation. <laughs> yes. Yeah, sometimes you're a curmudgeon. Yeah. But you're still my favorite person. So uh, we're continuing kind of in our theme today of our Three Things podcast, where uh, we've kind of changed the format for this year. So today it's going to be just Christine and I. We've got no guest with us today. No. Nope. No guest. We've tried to get some guests. We we did. We have some wonderful people that we know, but they are all not wanting to be on a podcast. What does that say about our podcast? Well, it could be that they don't want to be on our podcast. Yes, it could be oh, we are not going to be on oh, that right. podcast. But I think it was more about I don't want to be on any podcast. Yeah, probably. You know, there's nothing worse than hearing your own voice on like a recording or anything. So some people that's like, man, I don't even want it out there in the big world. Right. I mean, once this goes out, it's there forever. Until, Eternity. Well, we can always delete it. Oh, that's true. Okay. Anyway. Oh, so it's not like Facebook. Yeah, it's not like Facebook. <laughs> or social media. So you said something earlier, but, uh, you know, because of the weird year this year, uh, when this goes out um, on Monday, which is the fourth Monday of February, it also coincides with the fact of being the last day of February. Right. So really we're... Into March. Yes, we're into March. I mean, I'm planning March. I'm thinking green. Okay. I'm looking for St. Patty's Day t-shirts. So I guess, Christina, here it is. I'm looking for shenanigans, Jay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Um, But here it is, hon. We got Lent coming up next week. Yes. And that's important. I'm so glad I reminded my children who would have been thinking it was, well, our daughter-in-law's birthday is on Ash Wednesday. So that's important. But But, But anyway... What are you giving up? What did we decide? What are you doing for Lent? I haven't truly made that decision yet. I'd like to really think oh. about that, Jay. I like to mull it over like kneading bread, find out exactly what. However, I do know that I'm going to try really hard to drink more water. So I'm going to discipline myself in my drinking water habits because I know it's good for me. So you haven't made up your mind what you're doing. <laughs> I'm going to drink more water, and then I'm going to think about it. I'm going to drink more water and think about what I'm going to do. Why? What are you going to do? Well, I, I thought we talked about we were giving up all processed foods. Oh, well, well, where did yeah, that where That's did that a we go? thing. So you asked me about an I thing, and that's a we thing. So we things can't be done I things. Well, no. You asked me what I was going to do, hey. not what we were going to do. So hey. let's be very specific. Words matter, Jay. They do. Can you speak into words? Can, can I you, speak into no, the mic? the cord. Can you take that off your leg and put it up on the couch? <laughs> there we go. Is that better? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, going back to our conversation. So we were going to give up processed foods. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that it would be 
I mean, obviously it's healthier, right? I mean, how can you argue? Ooh, processed foods, American cheese is the best thing for you. Well, it's not. Yeah, but I think the difficulty I've been having is just trying to define exactly what a processed food is. Well, So is cereal a processed food? <laughs> like if I had a bowl of Wheaties, did I just eat a bowl of processed food? Well, I think that that can be looked at as processed, but you have to look at the ingredients. And if that's just smushed wheat cut into small thingies and then baked... No, it's not processed. Like processed food is what makes dinner easier for we Americans, for all of us, right? So frozen pizza is a processed. Yeah, all all of your pre-made meals. So your frozen pizza and your pre-made lasagna, yeah, and my lovely pizza rolls. I love them very much. Those are processed. Those are all processed. But then also anything that's like a box food where you just add you know, butter, water, and some meat, like hamburger helper or something, those are also processed. We just add rice, you just add water. Is that processed? No, rice is a grain. No. So you, whatever makes it, I mean, I guess I'm thinking shelf life. Whatever's in it to make it sit on that shelf for a good long time and not go bad, Mm -hmm. that means it's been processed. So so Think words of the matter. Twinkies can sit on a counter for a millennia, mm-hmm. and you could eat it. So words matter. So if we were to, someone is to ask us, what are we giving up for Lent? We would say foods that sit on a shelf for a long time. <laughs> no, we're going to say we are trying to stay away from processed foods, which means you have to you have to create your own meals from the from scratch. You have to. You know, you have to make things yourself. You have to buy fresh produce and fresh um, grains and fresh meat. And you have to create the meal without the help of something in a box. So if we add butter. That's not processed, Jay. That's adding butter. But it was processed. Honey, you can make... It's not processed. I mean, (laughs) it's... It's right. butter. I mean, ju- hey, I know I'm, you're really struggling with like the dairy piece to it. <laughs> well, no, I'm just trying to figure out like, you know, part of the point of Lent, regardless of what it is that you, this is my opinion, by the way. So regardless of what it is you're trying to give up, right? You have to be intentional about it. The whole idea is to make yourself intentional, intentional about behaviors, intentional about attitudes, um, you know, intentional about the words you use. So that you have this sense of, um, I'm paying attention to my, uh, even some of the more mundane parts of my life. And I'm doing this in an, in an attempt to uh, recognize, uh, you know, uh, my need for repentance, my need for forgiveness, and my dependence on, you know, God. And so, I, I, if we say all processed foods, and then all of a sudden... I bring home some fish sticks for Lent and Friday, you know, fish only if Friday did I just unintentionally uh, violate my Lenten meal, my Lenten uh, fast. Well, you might have unintentionally, but we're talking right now how the fish sticks are processed. So, so no fish sticks. No fish sticks. So when we go, we can't go to the uh, night's f- fish dinner. Not if they're serving fish sticks, but if they're going to serve a nice homemade breaded you know, fish, 
<laughs> then we're like, why, thank you so, for so your now, unprocessed fish. So again, a be- nice piece of salmon. I would love it if the Knights served salmon. That would make me very happy. So fish and chips, no French fries. No. Well, French fries? Oh, no, not unless you make them by hand. All right. Okay. I mean, can you hear the beep? That's our bread being made by bread maker. Hand. That's like hand, but not. Well, I was going to try to edit out the beep, but now I can't. <laughs> so. All right. Well, by the way, speaking of unintentional and words matter, do you think that you might give up cussing? Like, I would like to encourage you, not that I'm going to tell you what to do for Lent, but I'd like to encourage you to perhaps like make a little swear jar. And then the money you put in every time you cuss or get angry and and cuss, then that money goes to like Promise Ridge. Oh, that's a great idea. Or St. Vinny's. Yeah. I would recommend that for anyone who has a difficulty swearing. Yes. Swear jar. The, swear jar and the money goes to mm-hmm. Promise Ridge. Yeah, I think swear that's jar, a great money idea. money goes to Promise Ridge. I, on one hand, though, I, I'm not sure that would be the best plan for me this Lenten season. Because I, I just, I'd feel bad bringing them an empty jar. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that you really need, you know, you need those cuss words in order for you to get through your day. No, I don't have a problem with cussing. What I think is funny is that you really don't have a problem with cussing. Like, you cuss around everybody. And my eyes always get big, like, oh, my gosh, they're going to go, oh, my goodness, the deacon is cussing. And you have no problem with that. Um, Probably should watch it. All right. All right. I will watch my cussing. But maybe it's 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 the authentic Jay. <laughs> you know what you're going to get from Jason Batalda. Uh, boy, this, th- I was trying to have a, some light banter, and this has turned into. Oh, my gosh, this uh, is very light. It's light as a feather. <laughs> <laughs> this is fabulous. Right. So, Christina, uh, what have you been reading? All right. So I'm super eager to talk about um, reading because, you know, in that this book challenge is kind of kicking my butt, but I'm I'm going. But I have two books here that um, I one I read and one I'm currently in. So I read this this book called One Amazing Thing by Chitra Devakaruni, and um, and this book it's it's pretty it was pretty fast. It didn't take me very long to get through it at all. And the premise is. Um, it's an office, you know, it's like a, like an office in India where you would go to get your papers for travel, you know, a governmental office. And then an awful earthquake occurs and this building around them has crumbled and they are kind of stuck under the rubble, but yet have space to stand, I guess. And how they are trying to survive waiting for someone to, to come and save them. They decide, somebody comes up with the idea about telling a story that's one amazing thing that has happened to you, mm-hmm. and which is somewhat Canterbury Tales if you think about sure. it. But um, So each person tells this one amazing thing, this one story. And to be honest with you, the stories aren't amazing necessarily, but somehow have been life-changing for them, for each character. And, um, and it, it ends mysteriously. Like, I think the idea is that it, yeah, ends in devastation. Um, But I kind of liked it. I I would say it's a lighter read. And I got the idea from, um, I'm on a Facebook group for AP teachers. And one of them taught this book. And so I thought, ooh, it's going to be really deep. And uh, it was a pretty easy read. 
So anyway, that was that was a good read. But while I'm while I'm reading everything, right? Because I'm teaching, I have to read other books as well. And so in my class, we're reading Kite Runner. And Jason, have you ever read Kite Runner? I have not. Have you ever seen the movie? I have not. Okay. Well, the movie wouldn't make any difference because I I don't think that you would quite get the great redemption story that is this book. And I think that's appropriate for this time where we're, we're preparing for Lent, right? Right. And um, so for those of you that don't know the book, The Kite Runner, you probably have seen it out there. Maybe you just didn't pick it up. But it is by the author Khalid Hosseini, and it is set in Afghanistan, which is actually pretty interesting to read about Afghanistan. And it's for my students and I, just this week, even more appropriate because of Ukraine and what's happening in Kiev. Mm-hmm. So the idea that your homeland, your home is is actually just, you know, crushed and you have to leave. But Kite Runner is um, about these two young boys. Um, one is the is like the rich kid, but his servant is also a boy. And um, so the two are best friends, even though they're like servant and master and they grow up and and they fly kites and do kite fighting which is a really cool idea and they um and an incident happens where the boy who is the rich boy who's a bit of a snob he doesn't stand up for his friend and it's much worse than that and I don't want to give it away but his entire life then he carries this guilt and shame for that one incident and he and he carries it's a pretty heavy burden that he carries and he thinks no one else knows and then it flashes forward to like current day late 80s in in San Francisco where he lives and he gets a phone call from Afghanistan of an old friend that says um you have an opportunity to be good again here's your chance to be good again and so it's him trying to figure out does he want redemption it means hard work um, what will it look like? Will it make me feel better? And I think that that's kind of an important thing to always think about. I really like the idea of redemption in a book. How can you find that, you know? What does it feel like when you don't make right? And and then you feel guilt, that guilt and shame, you know, your whole life, and then you never rise up. You almost feel like you are a second secondary type of person like you're not important anymore i don't know maybe maybe you think you're amazing and you know you don't care about other people but you know i think the normal 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 for all people is that you make a mistake and you do something wrong you carry that shame and that guilt and then you say okay i got to fix this i've got to do something to make this right because i can't carry this anymore and you know these characters are not christian they're they're muslim and and yet that idea of redemption comes through regardless of your religious background i think redemption is heavy in all all religions it's important okay. one thing i really like about this book is the dad tells him early on in the book tells him that the worst sin is um, theft, which I thought was interesting, theft. And then he says, when you tell a lie, you're stealing someone's right to know the truth. Hmm. And that's what he calls, he calls lying thievery then, essentially. 
And so that was kind of interesting how you look, you know, look at every little sin. Is is that a a, a, a theft on someone's person or property or what they deserve, their, their right to it, right? I don't know. What about people who have a right to a home or a right to safe housing? Are, is that thievery when we don't provide that or give them the opportunity to get it? Yeah, I don't know. I think that could be an argument there. So I guess kind of going back to it, and I appreciated sort of the the plug for Kite Runner. Um, I know that's an important book and an important book you teach. But I wanted to go back to this, uh, you know, we, we, we're on this uh, Extreme Book Nerd Challenge. And um, you said something that's not going real well for you, huh? (laughs) I believe the people who run the book challenge would totally understand my position and the difficulty I have. (laughs) And I think they would allow me to use the books that I'm teaching as well. All right. That's That's my my hard part here is... Now, the, because I'm constantly in a book, and I often read it forward to backward, right? I, I am reading, <laughs> I am in the midst of several books, one for a fourth day. I bought a book that I heard on Gloria Purvis's podcast. Then I heard something about Catholic feminism. I got all fired up and bought like three books on Catholic feminism. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I got to get into these books while I also am teaching three books at school and reading a book for for my job that's nonfiction, and then reading a book for a book challenge. All right. So I, I have a question for you. If you joined a fitness challenge where you had to work out, I don't know, five times a week, but you were a fitness instructor, do you think the people of the fitness challenge, you know, challenge, the people who created it, would be okay if you just said, well, my job's a fitness instructor, so I really don't have to work out. Well, no, but maybe. No. So as Wait an, a minute. No, but no, no, as no, an no. English teacher <laughs> who teaches books, I'm just saying your job as an English teacher to read and teach books. Okay. And so what you're saying is it's perfectly, and I think the people of the Extreme Book Nerd Challenge will totally understand that I don't read books just because I teach them. I do them. read books. I am reading all the books, Jay. <laughs> and by the way, if the fitness instructor does all of the workouts that she's asking people to do with her, mm-hmm. like she does a, hey, right. I'm going to do Zumba for an hour and teach people Zumba, and now I'm going to ride a bike for an hour and teach these people this, then I think she gets credit for two exercise things a day. My question would be is why would she join a fitness challenge? Well, yeah. I mean, I think your your whole analogy <laughs> okay, so, doesn't work. Well, why did you join the book challenge? Because I wanted to read more books for me. Okay. I wanted to keep track. And what it has done is it, it has forced me to pick up books. I've actually checked two books out from the library. And I think right. that's two more than I did last year. Okay. And And – trying not to buy books and read all the books that I have in the house. And I think this will will help me organize that okay. a little bit better. All right. All Plus, right. my doctor told me to stop reading my phone, and so I'm trying to read the books at night. Okay. Yeah. Good. All right, hon. What about you? What about me? What am I reading? Or what about my book challenge progress? What do you want to know? All of the above. Well, What are you reading, Jay? Right now I'm reading a autobiography, of course, nonfiction, 
uh, Considering Doris Day. And it's about uh, the Doris Day. And the reason I picked that book up is because in the Extreme Book Challenge, the category was Billy Joel's song, We Didn't Start, we didn't a fire. start the Fire. And if you're familiar with Here. that song, it starts right out. You know, Doris Day is starts out right on the song. Plus, I've heard some things about Doris Day and... I like whatever movies and, you know, that kind of stuff. So I thought, why not? I Why not just kind of go outside of my normal wheelhouse and not read a book about a saint or a okay. church father or something? I got to give you credit because I thought you were taking that that particular one so seriously. Like you had to really put and, – and then you picked Doris Day. Yeah. And then you're like, I'm going to get a biography of Doris Day. I couldn't think of anything more boring than to read about Doris Day. And for me, that whole category means pick up another book, and I bet you there's some reference to something from that song. Like, to me, that was an easy category. Well, anyway. So well, I, I just got to say. In my defense, I'm, I, I, can't, I can't do that extreme book nerd challenge where they designate the categories for you anymore. Oh, you're going to have can't. to break out. I'm going to do the 50 books in 50 weeks. But I I can't do that category anymore. I was going through my bookshelf at work even. I got some books in my work that people have given me. Um, and I want to read them, but there's no way I can find a category to put them in. And so I just said, forget it. I'm I'm done. I'm no longer looking for a book with a green cover. <laughs> I, I'm no longer I'm looking for it. I don't like it very much. So I decided I'm going to have to change. I'm still pushing for the... Uh, extreme book nerd challenge um, I'm behind on my weekly schedule and uh, I got behind not because of my Doris Day book but because <laughs> of the book I was trying to get done before that and it was just a, I just didn't enjoy the book and uh, I'm sure that all my all our Catholic listeners will will be a little offended but it was a that new book by uh, Matthew Kelly oh, life yes. is messy and uh, a book that should take you one day yeah took me a week and I didn't yeah. even get halfway through it. Now, I nothing against Matthew Kelly. He's smart. He's uh, I've read plenty of his books and have enjoyed them. But uh, whatever his reason was for writing this book, I'm sure he it, it served him wonderfully. Um, but it didn't didn't speak to me. <laughs> uh, not even one bit. So but that's what I you know, I that's where I'm at. Uh, I'm reading about Doris Day. I should have that done. I'm hoping here in the next couple days. Um, but can I also tell you, I've really enjoyed going to the library with you. I know that has been, that fun. has been pretty cool. And that is to me and it's a little sneak peek of our future together. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be that little couple that walks down to the library with our little bag and then we check uh -huh, out some books. Sure. Right. Yeah. Yay. I, yeah, it was always, I always felt like there, but instead of us, I going needed something to inspire me to? to grow old, yeah. and I—that's it. I and can't then, wait to go. But to wait, library. it gets better. Instead of us going with our little bag to the car, hey, we could even add a scooter ride. We could scooter on those rentable scooters, and then we could um, stop somewhere and get a glass of wine, and then we'll scooter ourselves home or near home until the scooter quits, and then we keep walking. I mean, this is a great idea. It is. I. Plus, I realized being in the library when they put all those books out, it's kind of like being in Barnes and Noble, and I don't have to spend any money. Yeah, yeah, I. And I'm okay sometimes. Well, it back. It, and, and so. let's be honest. I've been um, 
we got to stop buying books. I know. I've got I'm, a whole basket full of books I haven't read. There we go. And I'm, that's I am our ashamed Lenten. of that's myself. That's our Lenten commitment. No books purchased this oh. entire Lent. Okay. Well, that's okay. I got all those... Oh, Catholic so there's no, sacri- there's no sacrifice. <laughs> well, no, I mean, it'll there's make no me read all of all right. these first, but it's not a sacrifice. Hey, I wasn't planning on buying a book. I know. But you know what? We were. Uh, this is our podcast. We set the format, and so we just skipped over the number one question. What are you drinking? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. What are you drinking, Jay? Well, right now, believe it or not, sitting here in my podcast, I'm not drinking anything. <laughs> you <laughs> well, interesting. Well, I decided, you know what? I got to be honest. Now, I will say that for some reason, in the last two weeks, I've started drinking my little ginger ales again. Yeah, that's a lot of sugar. It is. But it, in my defense, I'm maybe having one a day at most, maybe one every couple days. But it has been a nice little treat. So maybe there we go. Maybe I need to give up my ginger ales. Maybe uh, I give up my ginger ales for Lent. So I got a lot of ginger ale because we just bought some new ones. Yeah, so. we bought some for you. I got to drink a bunch this weekend but uh, or give them away, but um, I'd rather drink them. But, uh, you know, I, so anyway, that's that's I'm not drinking anything right now, but I've just been drinking ginger ale. I've kind of laid off the, the beer lately, kind of laid off the wine, haven't been drinking any whiskey. I don't know. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there, what's the point of even giving up booze for Lent? Because I think I've yeah. already done that. Yeah. I still think I need to go back to my drink a day for Lent. <laughs> I've shared that idea with a couple more people out there. And they didn't like it? No. They weren't so hip on that idea? I don't think either. they get the true meat, the true sacrifice it's of that. A, it's a hard sacrifice to understand, Jay. It's, it's, you really got to work that So what way. are you drinking? I'm drinking a bubbly, that silly carbonated water that apparently has a flavor in it. Um because somehow this becomes an easy way for me to get water. That makes no sense. Why is it so hard for you to drink? I don't know what what my problem is. Like I, I, <laughs> I don't. Mean, it, it it's like saying, "Oh, I got to remember to breathe." I, I know, and sometimes I I drink it, and then I'm like, "Ick, it's water." And then I'm like, "But it's good for you, Christina." And then sometimes I drink it, and I'm like, "Oh, this is this is so refreshing. I love this. Let me have more of this." So I'm not sure. What is wrong with me? But apparently drinking a bubbly is easier for me. But what I really like is when I put pomegranate juice in it, and then I can say I'm getting my well, then antioxidants and blueberry, frozen yeah. blueberries in there, um, which then I pretend it's like a Moscow mule, but not a Moscow mule. Because remember, I'm trying to make a drink that has to do with butte. Oh, oh yeah. I, I'm calling it a butte burrow. I already got the name. I just don't know what's going to go in it. By St. Patty's Day, I should have it figured out. <laughs> That's right. St. Patty's Day yep. is coming up. That's always kind of a big deal in our house. So so we talked about drinks, and we did it backwards. We talked about books. It doesn't sound like really any of the books you were reading kind of inspired you this last month or so. Well, um, n- not the one amazing thing, no, but the Kite Runner. But that inspires you. I mean, it that's, does inspire that's unfair. me. I mean, you you read that every year and you get inspired. I by do, it, but, but each yeah, each time I read it, I realize that that how important that redemption piece is, and I guess I get to also talk with students about it, mm-hmm. which makes a big difference. Whenever you read a book, the meaning in the book it it grows exponentially when you're able to share it with somebody else, sure. and. Otherwise, it's just you mm-hmm. thinking about it, and you you have to share it. Like mm-hmm. you know. Anyway, 
So I probably talked too much about Kite Runner. But, I mean, it is a a pretty amazing book. And, yeah. Did you have any faith experiences, parts this last month? Anything that kind of inspired you on a faith level? Inspired me or, I I don't know. I I had an interesting, again, at school. So hopefully... That doesn't get boring like <laughs> like it always does. But I'm te- I was teaching some poetry and um, we were trying to pull poems that have to do with the redemption theme. And um, two poems that I pulled, one of them referenced Cain and Abel and the other in a very strange way referenced the crucifixion. And um, I realized that students... You you just think they all know Cain and Abel, and they don't. And I have several students that are like, I don't know what this is. You're yeah. going to have to stop and tell me. They don't know Cain and Abel. No, story. they don't know that story, you know, and, and I, I am grateful that I'm able to talk about it, right? I mean, I don't, like, go in with a big lecture or some sort of You kind of stick of to the literary side of well, it. Yeah, and yeah. Then, it's yeah. important to understand that if you want to understand illusion. Well, if you want to understand literature, period. Yes. And and these kids are open to that. Mm-hmm. You know, they get, they know what their faith background is and they know my, my faith background. Mm-hmm. And then I have several with no faith background and they're the ones that struggle. But they are not opposed to hearing it. They just sometimes say, how many of these are we going to read where I don't know what's going on? And then I realize... Okay, that's not fair. But I don't I don't choose the poems because they have Christian ideas in them. But I need to be more more careful about that, I guess. It's not fair to always push that. Mm-hmm. But the two poems they were interesting. I mean, again to talk with kids about a Christian idea and redemption and we talk about sin a lot in that class and we talk a lot about how do you let go of sin? And the, the fact that I can have those conversations with them, that is kind of a really wonderful little faith moment, right? Just for me, just to have that moment where I'm talking with somebody about something serious as sin and how do we, how do we let go of it? Because even kids who do not have a, um, a practicing faith, they understand sin. They understand morals and values, and they understand sin, and they understand how if you don't have a mechanism for getting rid of it, then you're in pain. Mm-hmm. And they also understand so, how to make right. right. So getting rid of it means deal with dealing with the guilt, the exactly. shame of having done something wrong, hurting someone that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I yeah, I think they understand. So anyway, those those poems this week, that was... That, that was, was a good a, one. Good and I also was encouraged this week. I mean, learning about Ukraine was pretty mm-hmm. um, here for you and I. It was it was awful to think about it. But when I went to school to see the amount of students that had been reading about it the morning that it happened and how concerned they were for that country and for what was happening, that encouraged me because I kind of tend to think this group of kids, this generation – could care less right. <laughs> about real news, you know, mm-hmm. and just focus on stuff that doesn't really matter. Sure. And they are, they care. They care a lot. They are now, it's on their minds quite a bit at school. They want to talk about 
you know, the history of this area and, and right. what's going on. But they also are very conscious about the people their age that are in that town and, you know, how are they dealing with things. So I know that that's yeah. that's encouraging. And, and for me, because that shows a great love for humanity on their part. I, too, was troubled this week. I hope as, you know, everyone has been, at least I hope about the, what's going on in Ukraine. And when I say that, I mean Russia's invasion of Ukraine and, the cent- and war. Um, and I can I tell you something kind of bothered me a little bit uh, from, a, from an American Christian point of view. And then we got to even get narrower from an Idaho, you know, Catholic point of view is this has been going on for a while. And let's be honest, I mean, Everyone knew this was going to happen. Everyone knew. And all of a sudden now this week, we're getting all these calls, uh, the, the Pope, our bishops. Uh, I read news, uh, you know, in other Christian um, groups. I get little news feeds from their little articles. And, you know, people are calling for prayer. And you go on Facebook and calling for prayer. And regardless of, you know, the faith. And I'm thinking, you know, what if we would have spent more time praying before <laughs> so it's I, this is the thing that bothers me a little bit uh, i'm bothered today and i'm probably bothered and so when i'm bothered about is myself mostly right and mostly is this isn't on my forefront front until after the fact and um so i i have i've been a little troubled by what's going on in ukraine i feel like there's a lot of innocent lives that are at risk and a lot of innocent lives. And you notice we can't get numbers, or at least the news sources I've read haven't yeah. really given a consistent number of yeah. the death and injury toll over there. And I read some numbers, but I, I mean, I, who knows? Oh, I've read a range. But regardless, you know, and so, but it, we know that anytime you're dropping shells in a major city like mm-hmm. Kiev, well, you know, deaths are happening intended well, there, how can anything be an unintended death, by the way? If I'm dropping a bomb in somewhere. Yeah, no. Russia completely I mean, that. But you know that whole argument, though, it's unintended Mm-mm. casualties. Well, I'm Not sorry. I dropped an apartment a, building. Well, <laughs> regardless, you drop a bomb. The purpose of the bomb is to, you know, destroy and maim. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, you an unintended death cannot be attributed to a bomb. I'm sorry. I don't care what they say. Um but anyway, so that's been bothering me a little bit. So, you know, the faith moments um, probably this week or this month, it was Black History Month. Um, mm-hmm. One of the books I read was not, I didn't read hardly any good books this month, um, was William Faulkner's Unvanquished. And it's that uh, pre, during and post immediate aftermath of the Civil War um, told through the eyes of a 14-year-old Southern entitled privileged boy. Um, And I didn't enjoy that book. (laughs) I just didn't. Um, I think I was just tired of reading about the Civil War um, in this romanticized yet brutal uh, perspective of 14-year-old white boy. Um, And so I just thought I got to that's probably the last time I read Faulkner. Faulkner. Um, and but don't get me wrong. He didn't. I mean, the white people in the story are just as horrible. You know, yeah. Horrible yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. But, but um, you know, he didn't sugarcoat them. But yet 
the lens at which he tells the story is is uh, a lens of privilege and mm-hmm. so it was it was that yeah, was disappointing but so do you remember reading the a rose for emily by william faulkner i don't i don't hmm. but then again i didn't have you as an english teacher so oh why thank you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's a great short story sure, sure. Mm-hmm. so we'll put a plug out there for that but regardless so but this month and then we've you know guess what march is besides being lent St. Patty's Day. Besides being St. Patty's Day. It's spring like, break. Besides, <laughs> spring break. It's There's also, something else? It's Women's Histories Month. Oh, I'm sorry. So, it's Poetry Month in my classroom. So it's Poetry Month in your mm-hmm. classroom. So anyway, this might be a good time for you to read those Catholic feminist books. Yeah, yeah. It, it could be a good time. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. No. So thank you for that. Yeah, I'm just kind of putting, I mean, you bought them. I did, I bought them. I mean, they're sitting there and we've (laughs) we've got no room on our shelves. We're stacking books on the floor and yet more books show up from. I'm able to somehow make it look like design. (laughs) (laughs) Not clutter? (laughs) Not clutter. No, it's Uh, got a purpose, that pile of books. Yes. Oh, Lord have mercy on this, on this family. So anyway, but so back to my thing, just faith, I think was just, I think, uh, uh, you know, I think I, I mentioned um, I read a book um, I, early so far this year, right? I've read a book about the hanging of the first woman in Wyoming mm-hmm. by the cattle barons, uh, an innocent woman. And then I read a book, uh, Colton H. Bryant by Alexandra Fuller. Mm-hmm. Alexandra Fuller. She came yeah, here once to did. speak. We listened to her. And so, again, you've got a theme there, right, uh, in the sense of you have – the rich exploiting the poor in, in both those books. You could say that Colton, uh, the legend of Colton H. Bryant, has that theme in it. It's the, or undertone, if you mm-hmm. have, at least. I mean, I don't care what you call. Then uh, the Unvanquished, and and now I'm reading a book by Doris Day, um, or about Doris, about Day. Doris Day, or bio, uh, an autobiography or a biography yeah. about her. But so I don't know. My 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 um, my faith this month was. Really, just kind of trying to pay more attention to those who are in a state of want um, at the expense of those who are in abundance. Um, and I'm not, Doris Day doesn't fall in that category, but um, you know, we have the Ukraine, we have the mm-hmm. war, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have an abundant Russia who is now uh, exploiting those who uh, are in want. Um, and increasing that want, uh, we have the story of Unvanquished, which was, you know, the Civil War and obviously slavery is a theme throughout that book, um, and then the two other books I mentioned. So, I don't know. That's where my faith has that been. That was yours. That's my faith this last month. I think. If and I mine's with redemption. Journey. Yeah, it's just let's pay attention and be aware of um, uh, on the greater scale on the bigger issues of, you know greed and desire for power and um and who 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 is uh, the cost of that yeah so hey uh so i think we kind of we hit all three topics today mm-hmm. we right. did so we want to wish everyone a happy lent is that weird ha- a- a- yes an enjoyable no, no that's probably not a very spiritual uh, how about deeply a deeply felt Lent. Lent. How about a uh, 
A productful Lent. A productive. A Lent with intent. Mm. Lent with intent. I yeah, like right. it. An intentional Lent. Let's wish everyone an intentional Lent. But I also want to wish you a happy St. Patty's Day. Yeah. I hope you have some rum bangers. And I also want to wish Unless you. Unless you gave them up for Lent. Because oh, they're processed. They are. Sausage, sausage is, is processed. processed. Oh, wait. Doesn't the Pope always give us a dispensation on St. Patty's Day? I don't. I can't speak for the Pope. Uh, I'll have to look for that or the bishop. Right. And for those of you out there getting ready for some sort of school break, I hope you have a great spring break. Yeah, we're a little find some sun. We're a little ahead on that. Okay. Well, thank you, everyone, and um, have a wonderful day. Yep. Bye.